Talk of the Town is a public service program produced by Midwest Family Springfield, airing Sunday morning on 92.7 WMAY, 98.7 WNNS, 97.7 WQLZ, and 102.5 The Lake. The mission of the show is to provide you with new information on the great organizations and great people in the Springfield area who work hard to make things easier for others throughout our community and to help make Springfield a better place to live. The intent of this program is to be timely, topical, to entertain, and to inform. This is Trent Nelson of Talk of the Town, and we are here with Mr. Troy Gilmore of the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. How's it going today, sir? Going great, Trent. Thanks for having me on. Oh, we're so happy to have you on and that you were able to make it down here today. As a part of this, we would love to go into what the Department of Natural Resources does for the community, what it means to the community in terms of functionality, right, in terms of everyday practical stuff. So what should the community of Springfield, Sangamon County, Illinois, know about the Department of Natural Resources? Well, our specific role within the Department of Natural Resources has to deal with managing state-operated historic sites. A lot of times when we think about IDNR, it's related to parks, natural resource areas, but within the Department of Natural Resources, they are also responsible for overseeing the historic sites throughout the state. And within Springfield specifically, there are six um, historic sites that the Department of Natural Resources does oversee. Those uh, sites would include um, well-known historic sites like the Lincoln Tomb and the Dana Thomas House, a Frank Lloyd Wright designed home. There's also the Veterans Memorials in Oak Ridge Cemetery that we oversee, which include Vietnam Veterans Memorial, World War II, a Purple Heart Memorial, a Korean Memorial, and then some of the lesser-known historic sites like the uh, Vachel Lindsay Home, uh, a home of an artist and a poet from the early 1900s, and then uh, the Old State Capitol where Abraham Lincoln practiced law and worked as a legislator, and his law office that is right across the street from there. So those are the historic sites that the Department of Natural Resources manages. And, and how often do you have to teach people about the Prairie Troubadour? <laughs> Quite more often than what you you would think. Um, that site is not manned daily, but we do have a staff member who is regularly assigned to that site. And it, reservations can easily be made on Eventbrite for touring that home. And uh, yes, knowing a little bit more about Vachel Lindsay and um, his life and work here in Springfield is definitely important to the city of Springfield. So there is so much history around Springfield. It's not simply just one place, just another place. You're saying that, that there is history to be found at almost around every corner. Nearly, yes. A lot of times when we think about history of Springfield, much of it focuses on Abraham Lincoln. Of course, his life here, his work here, his burial place here, all of those things. But there are um, other facets of history in Springfield relating to many other people who did very important things, both during Lincoln's time period and outside of that time period here in Springfield. And we like to highlight all of those things. And how do you like to go about highlighting all of those things in the Office of Land Management Department of Natural Resources, Troy? Well, of course, we're open for most of the sites regularly for visitation. Um, You can find many of our tours that are available on Eventbrite for the Dana Thomas House, for the Vachel Lindsay Home. 
The old state capitol is currently closed for a restoration project. We hope that it will open sometime during the winter of 23-24. But the Lincoln tomb is also a very popular site for places. And we have what we call historical interpreters, these guides that will tell people more about the history of these very important places and the very important people who worked at those places. And why is it so important? To know our history better, to know what has existed around us and, in fact, still perseveres in many cases. Well, I think that we all know the little saying that if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And many cases, we want to look toward the future. And so the best way to do that can be finding lessons from the past, whether it's in Susan Lawrence Dana's story about freedom for women and the freedom to express herself in design of her home or Frank Lloyd Wright's creativity in designing that home or other uh, people with Lindsay and, as you noted, his prairie troubadour style that uh, really his gospel of beauty was spread literally across the country on his cross-country walks. Um, It's important for us to know those things because there are lessons learned from each of these people who are very important at these sites. Of course. And and when we talk about the opportunity to see these things, um, I'm always reminded of, uh, of an individual around the community who once said to me during a discussion that people come from all across the world to see these landmarks and yet we have individuals in the community who have not had the chance to see them either um what would you say about accessibility to these beautiful monuments to history regularly i encounter people at the lincoln tomb from all across the world Um, we met people from france there yesterday there were people from africa Um, there were as I said, people literally from all over the globe that come to these places. And we are happy for those people to get to experience these places. But we are just as happy when people in Springfield say, I've never been here before and I want to explore what's in my own backyard. So we we love that too. And uh, it's just an interesting thing when when you think about what people do for enjoyment and entertainment. Many times we are looking for adventure that is outside of our community, but we can provide that adventure and excitement and knowledge right within the city limits of Springfield too. That is absolutely brilliant. This is Trent Nelson, Talk of the Town with Troy Gilmore, and we are discussing all of the wonderful things that the Department of Natural Resources, Office of Land Management get into. So Troy, how can people not only see all of these wonderful things, right, see, learn about all these wonderful things, but how can they go about helping others to see, contributing, uh, creating more gusto? I, I think it's one of those things where if you experience yourself and you, you, you see the passion that uh, we, we have what we call historical interpreters, and it. It's not that they know sign language or they're interpreting a foreign language. In some cases, it kind of is because what we do is we interpret or we take these important places and important people and we then tell stories that relate to those places and those people and put it into terminology that we can all then 
draw lessons from, learn from, understand about. And I think that if you get to interact with our historical interpreters, these guides, whether it be a staff member or a volunteer, that you will then gain a little bit of passion and understanding more about these places. Thus, then, our ultimate goal, we want to make sure that that passion can be shared with other people. So it's a, it's a provocation to be able to get that to continue rather than just a once and done, we've checked Lincoln's tomb off of our bucket list. What else is there that we can learn from Lincoln? Some other people that may be buried in Oak Ridge Cemetery. What can we learn from Rachel Lindsay? How can we continue to spread his gospel of beauty? Those kinds of things are things that, you know, it's not low-hanging fruit, but we try our best to be able to put that in a sense so that when people walk away, they're nearly given a challenge to continue on with the learning that they've started at our historic sites. Well, learning is supposed to be fun, and and we are grateful here um, in Springfield that the Department of Natural Resources Land Management is doing their very best to make sure that history and learning can be fun and can be a proactive endeavor that we that we all endeavor to to go about. Uh, Troy, we appreciate you coming on today, sir. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much. Absolutely. This is Trent Nelson of Talk of the Town. And welcome back to Talk of the Town. This is Trent Nelson, and today we are joined by... Michael L. Thomas, the president of SILSA, as well as the uh, treasurer and uh, one of the founding members, Stephen Peralta. How are we today, gentlemen? Doing well. Thanks for having us, Trent. Oh, the pleasure is absolutely all ours. We, we couldn't, be, uh, couldn't even be happier. That, that's how thrilled we are. So let's just dive right into it. What is SILSA? So it's a great question. Uh, SILSA is an a- actually an acronym uh, that stands for the Central Illinois Customer Service Association. We're a, a nonprofit 5016 entity that was formed in 2014 by a small group of people in a community that got together, pulled our resources together, and wanted to create a group that would promote customer service development, training, education, performance in the Springfield community with hopes to make the Springfield area the friendliest area in Illinois. So since that time, we've grown quite a bit. Um, we're up over uh, 200 members. We offer six to eight different educational and social types of programs to the community. And we create a lot of value. And um, it's just been a fun ride over the last you know, nine or ten years. And what does it mean to be a member of SILSA? Yeah, sure. That's a great question as well, Trent. Um, you know, our membership base is very diverse from top of the house executives and business owners all the way down to frontline support staff. And, you know, as you can imagine with that many different personalities and people of that, uh, you know, different status, the energy, the dynamics, the best practices that are shared, um, it's just electric, really. You know, we hear that often from our members that the quality of our programs and our meetings outdoes the quality. You know, we don't do a lot of events. We're not racing every month to get something done. We're very um, intentional and proactive, about six to eight a year. And we really want to keep it at that pace. Um, but yeah, we're very fortunate to have, you know, Springfield Clinic all the way down to um, Cafe Moxo, you know, and everything in between. And our members are just very, um, they, they make it a priority to come to our events and our, and our meetings. 
And Stephen had mentioned uh, just before that, right, that the idea was to innovate and can create a, a, an environment where the best customer service could be felt. Where did that desire, that passion to to create that amongst the community, where did that come from? You know, I think it really stemmed from the group of people that were involved, that, that created the group, that are very passionate about Springfield. In the Midwest, we have a hard work ethic. We have state government here. We support a lot of different initiatives. And so uh, I think there was just an innate uh, recognition that if we can create a more friendly environment in our community, more people will visit Springfield, more people will open up businesses in the Springfield area, and therefore our population will grow, kids that leave to go to college will come back. And so I think it just kind of starts with being kind to one another and recognizing people for being kind to one another. And, and that's such a great segue in itself, is it not? Because what Silsa along with the, the sharing and spreading of, of positive practices, you guys put together, wow, wow. Could, could we could we hear about wow? Yeah, sure. And if I could go back just for a moment with, you know, Desiree Logston, another founding member, and Steve, and the group that got together in the beginning, you know, they saw the vision and what this thing could look like then um, in its very infancy, and they've just really stayed true to that of the customer's experience. You know, sure, we all stumble, stub our toes from time to time and make mistakes, but we lean into that, right? And you can really learn a lot from that experience. So I just always like to remind people of that kind of story that, you know, we stayed true to that beginning, that, you know, we don't... We don't want to be huge necessarily, um, but we do want to value our members and make it about that experience. And yeah, the Wow Award is something that um, came from one of our member or one of our board members, um, Julie Davis. She joined the board, and we had kind of been kicking around the idea of having some type of award or recognition. And she really helped us, you know, streamline that and spearhead that. And now we open it up at least once a quarter for um, people to nominate anyone in the community that maybe went above and beyond, or you know, a random act of kindness, and really tell that story. And it's really a great great opportunity for people to be recognized and noticed that maybe otherwise would get overlooked. You know, and we just had um, our nomination just closed for this quarter, July 15th. And uh, our advisory board, who's right under our board of directors, helps us steer that and select that winner. And uh, it's just fun. You know, the, the winner's organization really embraces that and gives them an extra opportunity to really celebrate the winner. So it's a great award. You know, and Michael, if I can add to that, many of our WOW winners are not members of SILSA, which is great to see. So people are hearing about this program, recognizing great uh, service or some type of random act of kindness and community. They're visiting us at our website. They're submitting a nomination. And there's some great stories and buzz that is being shared by members of our community and we're recognizing people for great service and they're not necessarily SILSA members. So that's really great to see as well. And, and just what is that website that we can nominate people? So, so the, the website address right now is www, and it's silsa, that's C-I-L-C-S-A hyphen springfield.com. So that's silsa hyphen springfield.com. That website is going to be rebranded here in the next month or two, but that that particular address will work even after we rebrand the website. And then 92.7... 
WMAY has a link, um, you know, so there's no wrong way to get there on our social channels, our Facebook page and our LinkedIn page. You can also get easy access there um, to nominate someone. It's just a one page. You know, we want to know the why behind it, right? How, why should this person be recognized and, and just help us um, understand, you know, the, the reason behind the, the act of kindness or just the um, superior customer service that this person displayed. And, and to that, we talked about the origin of SILSA. 2014. When did WOW become relative to that? You know, we we started recognizing people in our community between two to three years ago. And now we've built that up to basically every quarter we're, you know, we're basically recognizing a a winner. So uh, as Michael had stated, the idea originated from actually a couple of people on our board, uh, Julie Davis, as well as Tracy Dowell at the Springfield Running Center, who is, is on our board. It was their idea to come up with this process, the thought process to recognize someone, to reward them in front of their peers, in front of their superiors, in front of the community with a trophy, with some gift cards. Cards. There's, there really isn't a monetary prize that goes along with the award. What really makes the difference is just recognizing someone and thanking them for doing a great job. The other thing I wanted to mention, you, you'd ask, like, what starting the SILSA, what makes us special? Where did this come from? And we are 100% volunteer supported. So I actually work for the Bank of Springfield, who's also another company in the community that cares a great deal about the employee as well as the customer experience. Michael works at Express. All of our board members are actually full-time employees of other organizations and donate their time to make this thing happen. And I think that's really what makes us special. We have no brick and mortar, 100% of our membership dues, which is very modest, $100 for the year for an individual, $500 a year for a corporation, and that corporation can send up to seven different people to any events that we have. All of those dues go directly to the program. And I think that's why our programs are so well received because they are, as Michael had alluded to, very high quality. And our members circle our events on their calendars and they attend and they engage. And it's really awesome to see. I feel like many of the answers that we've heard today, they sort of allude to the why why this has made an impact, why it's important to people, why it's important to not only frontline individuals putting in lots of hard work, but important to the institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, would you care to explain that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think if any, every organization in town, if you ask them, they want to be better, not only for their peers and their teammates and their colleagues, but also for their customers, right? We always want to try to put our customers first. And we really feel like we creating an atmosphere and an opportunity and an environment, if you will, where best practices and collaborations happen and people um, walk away with some type of takeaway and something that they're able to go back to the home base with, back to their organization and implement, you know, and um, that's a lot of collaboration. Again, we have some great partners. Our presenting sponsors visit Springfield, who Amy Beadle's employed with. She's one of our longstanding board members. Scott Dow has just been an awesome supporter and proponent of SILSA, as well as the new mayor, Misty Busher. Um, you know, they just really embraced the vision and the mission of SILSA and helped us to streamline some of our events. In addition to, you know, again, just creating that atmosphere and that environment, our partnership with um, Capital City Speakers Bureau, you know, we share with them what our ideas are for our upcoming events, and they produce four to six speakers that then we get to vet and work through and really help to match their personality and their talk with what we're hoping to bring to our members. And we invest a lot of time and become really intentional about making that selection. That is really 
important, right? When the community embraces what you're doing, understands the vision, and understands the positive connotation that can come from working together for positivity. Michael, Stephen, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you coming by today. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks, Trent. This is Trent Nelson of Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town with Trent Nelson, and we are here with Chris Wills of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. It's such a pleasure to have you today, sir. Thank you for coming on. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. How could we uh, not discuss such a, a central building, such a central monument to the uh, 16th president's legacy? For those who've never gone, would you would you explain to us a bit about it? I'd be happy to. It's, it's a fun thing to talk about. It's the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. And uh, that's two important words there. We've got the library portion of it where we collect records and documents related to President Lincoln and all of Illinois history. It's not just President Lincoln there. But that's the library side where researchers can come and look up information they need. And then there's the museum side of the, of the institution where we welcome everyday visitors to come in and, and learn about President Lincoln's life, to uh, see artifacts from his life, from his era, to go through special exhibits about Illinois history. And we just try to make it as engaging and fun and challenging as we can. And how are some of the ways in which you guys do this? Well, I'd say the uh, the thing the museum is best known for is really immersing you in Lincoln's life, making you feel like you're there. So uh, much of the museum is set up as little sort of vignettes from his life with life-size figures, very realistic surroundings. So you feel like you're in the log cabin where young Abraham Lincoln taught himself to read, or you feel like you're in Abraham Lincoln's law office where his kids are playing while he's reading the paper. And so it's, it's, a, it's an experience where you feel afterwards like you were right there with him. And a lot of people really are impressed by that. But, of course, we also have throughout the museum papers that Abraham Lincoln signed, artifacts that he and Mary and his kids used in everyday life or uh, relics from the Civil War. We have those kinds of physical connections to the past that remind you that this is all real. It's not just a story. He's not just some sort of figure on a dollar bill. It's, it's reality. So those, uh, those physical connections are very, very important. And what about the former president have you found really is so vital for people, really creates a connection with them that maybe you don't get from every library or museum that you'd go to? I think it's a combination of two things. One is that ultimately he led the way toward writing one of the great wrongs of American history. He was a driving force behind the end of slavery. And so he's just such a a moral example and someone we can all look up to. But also the other factor is that his life – is something we can all um, connect with. Uh, He wasn't a rich man. Uh, He wasn't raised on some sort of huge farm someplace like Thomas Jefferson or somebody like that. He was a guy who grew up 
in poor circumstances for his time, didn't have a lot of education, had a lot of different jobs over the years, had some setbacks in life, lost some children and endured those sorts of tragedies. So I think just about every one of us can find something in his life and go, that's kind of like me. That sort of reminds me of my childhood, or I had that same sort of struggle when I was younger. So I think he's just a very approachable, identifiable president in the way that very few others are. And that's, I think, a fantastic point because we we love to romanticize overcoming, mm-hmm. right? Overcoming mm-hmm. obstacles, overcoming hardships. And he certainly represents that in a way that is um, tangible for others, for sure. And so when can people come and, and, and learn all of these wonderful things at the American Presidential Library and Museum? Uh, the museum is open every day of the year except uh, Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, and New Year's Day. So uh, every other day it's there 9 to 5 and uh, you're welcome to come by and, and see. It varies a little bit as to what we offer. Some days we'll have visits by uh, historic reenactors portraying President Lincoln or Ulysses S. Grant or Mary Lincoln. Sometimes we'll have performances by a string quartet or one of the musicians who works at the museum. Um, We have special exhibits that rotate throughout the year. So what you'll see there on any given day can be different, but we are there every day for whenever is convenient for you. And Talk of the Town with Trent Nelson. We are with Chris Wills of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum. We're incredibly happy to have him today. Why is history so vital for us to know today? I think it's because, um, first off, we all love a good story. And so history is, if nothing else, a lot of fascinating stories about interesting people overcoming interesting problems or solving problems. So um, it, it fascinates us, uh, I think, just because it satisfies that storytelling desire we have. Um, kind of more practically, I think it's just a way to help us look at today from a different angle. You know, if you're if you're upset about politics today, it may bring you some comfort to know that Abraham Lincoln suffered all kinds of political problems and setbacks, and he was disliked by many people. Or if you're worried about um, passing legislation that you you think is important to the country today, well, you can think back and look at legislation from from past eras and see where they went wrong and went right. So it's it's uh, both kind of entertaining in a way, but also uh, it's a it's a good guide. History is a good guide to what we're experiencing today and and what might be next for us. That is absolutely fantastic. And Chris, I will ask a historian, this question, <laughs> but I think your answer was absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you. And we are just thrilled to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Well, thanks so much for having me. It was great. This has been Talk of the Town, Trent Nelson. Thanks for listening to Talk of the Town. We'll be back next Sunday morning. Talk of the Town is a public service of Midwest Family Springfield. If you have any questions about today's program or previous programs, contact the show at MidwestFamilySPI.com slash Talk of the Town or call Midwest Family Springfield at 217-629-7077. Now, we tend not to think about now, 
We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us. Victory over cancer is in front of us. Right now, cancer research is saving lives. Cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to new discoveries and new treatments and ultimately, one day, victory over cancer. Right now, one out of every two men and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love. The V Foundation has the skill, the speed, and the strength to achieve victory over cancer. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at V.org. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Are you looking for more in this world? Are you ready for something bigger? Then we are looking for you. The big-hearted, the bold, the messy and the gutsy. The teachers, the growers, the builders. The skilled, the sharers, the change makers. We need you. We are the Peace Corps. In more than 60 countries, we go all in and all out. We are volunteers, partners, communities, working together, living together, bringing our experience, passion, and joy to building a better world together. From tackling climate change in Mexico to keeping kids healthy in Kenya, from sustainable farming in the Philippines to education in Kosovo, we learn more, give more, share freely, and serve boldly. Are you ready to tackle the tough stuff, to go the distance to make a difference? Then we have a place where you belong. Join us at PeaceCorps.gov. Dangers rarely lie out in the open, so no matter where you live, it's important to know harmful pests can hide in and around your home. Rodents and cockroaches are drawn to food waste and garbage. I know you're out here. Ticks lurk in tall grasses, and mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water. I can hear you. Rodents, ticks, and mosquitoes can all spread dangerous diseases. I gotcha. Seek the facts you need at pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association.